You're listening to The Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Owen 60 Pod for all the latest news from around the OHL. And now here are your hosts, Reese Dumaney and Colin Ward. This is episode 41 of The Owen 60 Podcast. We're back after a week's break. We apologize for not having a show last week due to unforeseen circumstances, me getting called into work. Um, we were unable to do so, and our appearance as well on a, on another podcast related to the Buffalo Sabres. So uh, took the week off, but we're back this week, and we've got a pretty jam-packed show uh, for you for the 41st episode. Uh, we're going to start with a little trade that took place on Remembrance Day with the Flint Firebirds and the Kitchener Rangers. Uh, we're also going to get into Hockey Canada, all the OHLers um, that are going to be heading to camp and having their shot at being on Canada's junior team for the upcoming World Juniors in Edmonton. And uh, we've got a guest this week, first time on Zoom. Uh, first time I'll be talking to Jonah Simone face-to-face, I guess, in yeah. a year year or so something like that so it'll be nice to uh, that'd be year. yeah the, last year yeah yeah when i was when we went to the knights ice dogs game i think that was the last one we were at yeah that was or in I february was yeah that was yeah. in february yeah so uh we'll chat with jonah d simone he sniped he sniped in that game yeah he did eh can we ask him about that might have to about his goal <laughs> oh yeah sally if he's a oh. glass sally guy or not that's an interesting question for him yeah well, we're gonna we're gonna get into a lot. We're gonna get into uh, his golf game and uh, him, uh, uh, how his partners fared as well. That includes uh, JQ Birdie, uh, Cameron Snow. Who's yeah, the fourth? there's one more. I can't think of his name. I'd have to go Ethan back. Sims? And look at Ethan Sims. Yeah. So we'll have yeah. a chat with him about sandbag. his golf game and then a, a sandbagger uh, sandbagger part challenge. Two. Yeah. <laughs> we got to make a that, that, big road trip for that one thing though. If Okay, so if they have three, if they have three guys, do we add Gavin? We do have three to. on three. We have to add. We won't be able to play with each other. That that's the only crappy part. Yeah, we have to go two separate groups. Unless yeah, the course true. is dumb enough to let six people go together. Uh, right the there. one did in the summer. We went. There's like a group of six in front of us. Remember, three off the carts. That's where I found the nine iron. It's like, thank you. Oh yeah, at, uh, at good old <laughs> dropping club. Yeah, and then when we asked him for his club, he's like, yeah, I don't want it. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> all right. Well, you were the only one that could use it, it anyway. So Left-handed. Yeah, us yeah. Three were all righty. So our our guest partner was a beauty too with the Lysol wipe for me. <laughs> it's yeah. clean. Yeah. COVID yeah. season. Yeah, true. Back when it wasn't really a huge problem at the time. And actually it was, but now even more. Yeah. Than ever. But um, so, yeah, we'll get into that with Jonah Simone. Of course, he's got his Movember <laughs> yeah. campaign going. He up. has no idea what's coming in. For I know. Him. I, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. But uh, oh, yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll kick things off. Uh, the Flint Firebirds and Kitchener Rangers uh, completed a trade. An overager again involved in this deal. The Flint Firebirds acquire a conditional fourth round pick from the Rangers in exchange for forward Jack Wismer. And Good trade for Kitchener. Yeah, Colin, we had talked about this uh, beforehand about overagers and uh, just the year that it is and teams might being all in going for those young studs and looking for that young advantage and in terms of the Flint Firebirds, after the past season was canceled, 
They had eight overagers that were eligible for the upcoming season. That includes Wismer. He's gone, so that's down to seven. Uh, Riley McCourt has been signed by the Toronto Marley, so who knows whether they'll just say, yep, you're coming right to us, or you're going to spend your overage year in Flint, so we don't know. I think McCourt would more than likely have a spot on that team, more than likely for sure. Yeah, for sure. have a spot on the Flint Firebirds. Um, well, we both he said he's back. a leader. Yeah. I mean, when he was on our show, he's a captain. I mean, I think he's, I think he wears a C for the Firebirds if he gets sent back yep. to Flint. That's a bonus for Flint. I agree. But with that. on that hand, they got to move about three, four guys. Yeah. 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 They still have a ways to go. Um, yeah. That's why they were so good last year. Yeah. Old team, yeah. older team. Just a quick quote here from uh, the VP of Hockey Operations and General Manager Barkley Branch of the Flint Firebirds. He, he says that Jack has played a large role in the turnaround of our program over the past three years with limited overage spots allowed in the OHL. We felt this, that this was the best decision for the Firebirds and for Jack's continued hockey development moving forward. We'd like to thank Jack for his contributions and wish him all the best. And if you'd like to read that full article, of course, it is up on flintfirebirds.com. And uh, Colin, you said... Uh, yeah, the Kitchener Rangers. Rangers works out well for them. Uh, where do you see him fitting in for them? I see, I see him on that second second line. I mean, what a great depth veteran player for Francesco Pinelli. Those young guys at Kitchener have, they're going to take the steps up. Talk about a great guy to put it slot in there with Wismer. I mean, I think 40 game season this year, I still believe Wism, Wismer gets uh, at least 50 points over a point a game. So that's solid. That's a solid pickup right there. You're going to get a point producer which is valuable for any team that's going to be competitive. And I believe anytime you can go to a place like Kitchener who can produce next level talent, I think that's a great spot for him. I mean, it, it kind of get lucky going to a place like Kitchener because they have that track record mm-hmm. of a team that can produce overagers to the next level. So that's nice to see too. You, get, you actually get to go to a competitive market. Yeah. Wismer finished sixth on the Firebirds. Um, in points last season, 54 points, 27 of those were goals, 27 were assists, and he was plus six, and that's through 62 games played uh, in Flint last season in total, 107 points in 197 games with the Firebirds. Uh, That's three years in Flint for Wismer, so definitely a lot of experience coming to Kitchener and like you said for Francesco Pinelli for the young group that they just drafted coming in it's it's someone who was on a team last year and you could argue that they were better than Kitchener did Kitchener probably have a better second half I guess if you want to call that a second half if you want to split up the season uh they definitely did after winning uh, they parted ways with their uh, former head coach and brought in uh, well not brought in uh, McKenzie came in to take over and that was a it, huge boost too for that team. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I think it's, it's a matter of, he was playing around Ty Delandra in Flint, uh, Riley McCourt, despite being, being a defenseman, a huge leader. Like he's, he was around the players that Kitchener almost needed someone to be around because obviously they had Sarah Noel. I'm not taking anything away from Kitchener. They had Damiani. They had Noel. Uh, they had guys like Reed Vallad, Greg Morales, um, Jonathan veteran leaders yeah, yeah it's but where the Fl- Firebirds at and where the Kitchener Rangers were at I think Flint was in a lot better position to uh, make a run at a championship and I think that comes down to goaltending a little bit just uh, I liked Flint's 
um, backstoppers, just a little bit more. Obviously, Jacob Ingham and Lucas File, pretty good for Kitchener, but I think Anthony Popovich is just – I like him a little bit more. That's just really me, my opinion. I, uh-oh. I like, I, I, I know I like, I like Ingham's and game. And just, yeah, but I like Ingham's game. He won yeah. them a lot of games last year for Kitchener. I mean, that winning streak. Well, I guess you can say that with Flint too. I mean, the shootout there, McCourt yeah. scores the winner. That was pretty cool. To keep it going, that was a pretty cool uh, moment for Popovich and that. But I mean, Ingham was the same way. It's hard to say with the goaltenders. All and if every team in the top five there in the conference had goaltending, yeah, in the West that you can win with. So it's hard to debate that. It is. Yeah, it's close. I'd say they're cool. Ingham. That's that's yeah. a toss up. You know? Yeah, it's close. You you can I mean, easily Popovich go zero one, zero right? into overtime with those two guys. Yeah, Popovich has also won a championship. That's a big thing too for uh, Cavalin to back him up there. He really gets to be around a veteran goaltender. I mean, Hunter Jones around Dylan Wells and Peterborough was similar, right? You get to play with a veteran goaltender in front yep. of you. You get to learn from him how they go about their business. And I mean, they play better that way, and they learn the game a lot easier playing with good players and veteran players that know their know their way around the league. Yeah, and when you look at Kitchener, the veterans they lost, Jonathan Yancis being one of them, Liam Howell, another, who they brought in uh, from, from Guelph, who won a championship, and of course... That was like Lalonde, too, in uh, Flint. Not, sorry yep. to cut you off. I mean, no. they made the similar move. I mean, you go out, they played on that Guelph team, a bottom roll, but they've won in the... I mean, that third line, that third defensive pairing is a huge spot for, the, yep. for a team in Guelph that was legit. Yeah, Greg Morales, that third overager that Kitchener loses. So three forwards overagers that you lose. So bringing in an overage forward was almost a must in the eyes of Mike McKenzie and that Kitchener Rangers scouting staff. And the guys that are coming back this year who are considered OAs and who are eligible to play again for a possible fifth season, both goaltenders, by the way, Lucas Feil, Jacob Ingham, not too much confidence that Jacob Ingham will be back. There's a good opportunity that he is with Ontario of the AHL next season. Uh, you look on defense, Justin McPherson, former Niagara ice dog, um, Hayden whale or Holden whale, excuse me. On Solid defense. player. Ax- Axel yeah. Bergquist, but he's an import. So more than likely he might not be back hearing what uh, Reed Duffy yeah. was talking about with Jan Yannick and his situation in Hamilton. So there's, Questions about whether he'll come back to Kitchener or not. More than likely, he'll stay overseas in Europe. And then, of course, two forwards eligible to be overagers this coming year, Riley Damiani and Sarah Noel. Again, two guys who have a good shot to be in the AHL next year. Yeah. Yeah, so they basically got their overage situation pretty sorted out. Yeah. I was thinking, I mean, you look at teams like Niagara who have a ton of goaltending depth. Is there another trade coming for the Kitchener Rangers? I wonder if that's a case because, mm-hmm. I mean, Niagara with the amount of goaltenders they have, Kitchener, if you get two veteran goaltenders like that, you talk about a chance. I mean, to be competitive, that's solid. can kind of flip the switch, whoever you want. I mean, they both played in big games, so that's a solid idea maybe for the Kitchener Rangers to jump on. Yeah, more than likely I can see Lucas File being the starting goaltender for the Kitchener Rangers throughout the season. Uh, I, unless he loses it, again, don't know. but Yeah. Going I mean, into had the a season, yeah. yeah, he had yeah. a per- he did a perfect job last year too. Though when the games he got in, he won the games he got in, which is huge. A backup goaltender in the, any hockey league 
from junior to the NHL is so hard because you don't get the opportunities other than the three and threes where your team's dead in the second game. Yeah. So that's tough. So you go in, in a tough situation, you got, and you're asked to get some big wins sometimes. So it's pretty tough to stay focused when you might only play it. You might only get a start once or twice a month. That's tough. So kudos to him for staying ready. Cause I mean, you did win a lot of big games in that winning streak for them. Yep. Yeah. And you look at his stats year to year, uh, twice, 16, yeah. 17 with Kitchener goals against average 5.36722. Obviously that's one game. Can't really look too much into that. Did not play a game with Kitchener in the 17, 18 season came back in 18, 19, played 27 games at a 4.20 goals against average save percentage of 870. He won six games that year, lost 11, but he still made over 1300 or uh, played over 1300 minutes in that season, made over 700 saves. And then this past season in 2019, 2020 got in 19 games, goals against average came down quite a bit, uh, three, six, five, and then a save percentage up to eight, seven, seven, won seven games, uh, lost six in regulation, lost one in overtime, and lost one in the shootout. So you look at the numbers in terms Bounce of goals back. against average save percentage. His record was better this year, again, in eight less games, but still an improvement where you can look at and trust him and say that, yes, you're going to be in there. If we're playing a three and three, you're in there two out of the three nights, most definitely, possibly three, if that third game means so much or one of those three games is just that big that you have to play all three yeah solid goaltender big bounce back here too that's nice as well see a bounce back here like that that's big for your confidence and if i'm the rangers i give them the ball again you kind of have to i give them the ball let them do his thing show be a players guy (laughs) players coach players guy hey (laughs) players coach (laughs) <laughs> yeah, some some of the games he won. If I'm, we're just going through the list here. He beat the Oshawa Generals um, on uh, December sixth of last year. Other clubs he beat. He's beaten Barry, beat North Bay. Uh, he beat Sarnia, uh, Hamilton. He took down, That's a took big down one. Kingston. Like, that was a family day game, I think. I think so. In Hamilton, that was a big one. I remember that game. I think that was when the, they came back. I think they were down. And they came uh, back. No, the game in Hamilton was December 13th. Oh, so then, no, it was not. Of 2019. Yeah, so it wasn't that one then. Yeah, made, made 28 saves. He won, but gave up six goals. Yeah, that's a wild one. Oh, that's a... Okay, so it wasn't the family. Yeah, game. I do remember that game. Yeah, it was wild. I think we recorded that day. I think we had a recording that day. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to look if that yeah, was a Saturday or Monday or yeah. whatever. Because I remember that game. I remember checking that game out somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, so that's basically how the trade goes down for the Kitchener Rangers and Flint Firebirds. Again, you can find the article uh on the Flint Firebirds website. It is Jack Wismer heading to the Kitchener Rangers for a conditional fourth round pick. And that fourth round pick, you want to talk about a bonus for Flint. I mean they're in a perfect spot right now with that U.S. National Development Program right there in Ann Arbor. Yep. You want to talk about a chance here to really recruit some solid uh, player from the U.S. I mean, which I'm sure they kind of want to do. They build lo- build their local fan base up a little bit. I think that'd be huge if they can find a solid American talent with that fourth round pick. Just yeah, yeah. That. they've got the resources to do it. Uh, they've got oh, the coaching sure. staff, the front office, new facility. 
Yeah, exactly. So nicest cheap. facility in the league. That facility, that, that, that room, that room training room is so nice. Yeah, it's got to get there. Borders oh, open. Yeah, I know. One day. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Knock on wood. I know. Um, okay, so a bit of more, bit more news coming out of Kitchener. They posted on Twitter a few days ago, or a week ago, or whenever it was. I'd have to look up the date specifically. Uh, in terms of their season ticket holders, they let me just pull up the tweet quickly, just so I'm not getting any of this wrong. I know it was recently. There it is. Due to uncertainty, and this is on the Kitchen Rangers Twitter account, due to the uncertainty of attendance levels at our home games, we have decided to suspend all season tickets for the 2020-2021 season. Season ticket members can check your email for next steps and information. So this is really the first team that has... It won't be the last. In the Ontario... Oh, God, no. It will not be the last whatsoever. Teams have been taking season ticket deposits for... God knows how long, probably since April or May, but you think about the domino effect that this could have. And is this the first sign to say that we aren't going to have fans at all this season? Well, I mean, like we talked about that a couple of days ago when we saw the recent amount of cases in the GTA and mm-hmm. just all of Ontario. I mean, I doubt it's a lot. I doubt it's the last team. I mean, I can 100% assure you more teams are going to follow suit. I think, and I mean, I think the only way to have a season right now is to have no fans. Yeah. I think it's way too much of a liability right now for the teams to have fans right now. So I think there won't be fans and I guarantee you this won't be the last team to have uh, to make this announcement. Yeah. And I think, I think having fans and uh, David branch talked about it on TSN 1050 with Landsberg and Koliakovo about yeah. the testing and, not a chance in hell the OHL can afford to do it every single day. And yeah. having fans in the building, you almost have to. Whereas if you don't, they could probably squeak by with every third day or well, every fourth day. I forget the amount of money. If they just do the, you yeah. go to the rink and your billets house, your billets go out shopping for you. You can't go out with any of your friends. And But do they really want the billets going out? Do they really want the billets going out shopping too? To well, attract? they have to. Yeah. How, how are you going to provide yeah, like, the food? Unless when the they go to the rink, unless when you go to the rink, there's grocery bags there. You put your grocery list in. I mean, yeah. you go to the rink, you come back and there's, yeah. Your like team staff goes out and does. Something yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe team hands on way that way. Maybe. I don't know. Cause I don't know if they'll want like the billets and all them out too. I mean, they're going to have to, but yeah. I just wonder. Well, and that's the thing too. They, more than likely won't be sending any of the players to school, even if, and I'm pretty sure the rest of this school year is you have the option to do either or uh, online or in class. Again, that could end. That's a good question. That's a good question for Jonah semester, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It is what first year uh, at Brock probably first year university, probably. I don't know. The question we'd have, we'll have to ask about it, but um yeah, it's almost a for sure they're not going to go to school. But in terms of the conditions for these billet contracts or agreements or whatever you want to call them, is that any of the billet's children don't go to school. Yeah. Because it's sure. such a high risk. 
that they are around so many kids that are around so many people, like their parents or family, whatever, someone is bound. And you think of that group, there's a hundreds. If you really bring it back to the team and you like filter it all out around all these families and where they work and everything. And that's hundreds, possibly thousands of people that they're coming into contact with. And there's bound Mm -hmm. to be at least a couple that uh, show symptoms or, you know, get a positive test. And it's just, that's a domino effect for it to come back. So whether that's a contingency where those kids don't go to school in person, it's just online or, or what for sure happens with that. It's, Again, it's all up in the air. We have till the beginning of February, but yeah, I think by January, asked right now. I think by the middle of January, that second week of January, like we said a few weeks ago now, the third week of January training camp, I think by the second week of January, there's going to be an announcement on what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, but the players, well, are, you know, it's be. all online now, anyways, for the players. And I mean, I'm sure the Billet family. Oh, yeah. We online. heard that from, uh, um, uh, from one of the guys that we talked with. Uh, he said that. He's doing everything online. He even took a course in the summer yep. uh, just to get ahead. Was it English or math or one of the hard ones that it was I think both. like on a long I think both. or something? Yeah. yeah, I think both. So then it's an easier schedule. Yeah. So season again, I, I know someone who has a sister that has gym for eight hours in one day. Oh, that's sick. Can you, that's can you awesome. imagine? Can you imagine floor hockey? Man, <laughs> floor <laughs> hockey for eight hours. <laughs> I couldn't do just that. That'd be rough. Just laying elbows. <laughs> Have to throw in some basketball there or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm gonna miss a summertime uh, three two. <laughs> this weather's not fun for that. No, it isn't. But um, yeah, so eh, we got time. Fans, we don't have much hope that fans will be in the stands, especially with is there fourteen hundred around there. We're in between the thirteen yeah. to fifteen to sixteen hundred range uh, daily cases a day. If people don't become smarter overnight, everyone's we'll, just got to uh, do their part. We'll have what thirty five hundred a day by the middle of December. Someone said six thousand by Christmas, but I'm like, okay, that's that's a little much. I don't think we're that dumb, but who knows? Um, yeah, for sure. We could could see a spike like that. And again, if we're at six thousand, tough to play OHO hockey with six thousand cases. Yeah, that's there. not fun. Yeah, you can't have that. Yeah, so uh, we will see. Everyone's just February. Do, everyone's just got to do their part. Social yep. distancing. Yep. Figure it out. Yep. <laughs> All right. Time for a break. Uh, when we come back, World Juniors OHLers invited to camp uh, and one. University of Michigan Canadian not heading to camp. Uh, yeah. By the way, University of Michigan off to a two and zero start after they beat Arizona State uh, twice. Yeah. Thought I'd mention yeah. that, but uh, we'll get into. I thought, the I'd, I thought I'd mention Michigan football. I don't care. They suck. What's the <laughs> deal? They are awful. Harbaugh's an idiot. Go Bucks. Sure. So we'll get into World Juniors next, and of course Jonas D. Simone going to join us later to chat November to chat golf to chat hockey and maybe chirp a couple people we'll see uh that's all coming up here on the own 60 podcast this is the owen 60 follow us on twitter and instagram at the owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the ohl Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Owen 60 podcast. 
It's got the link to our website as well. Whereas if you missed any of the episodes, any of the interviews, they are all up there again. That's at the Owen 60 podcast. And yesterday marked a pretty big day for hockey Canada. The national junior team selection camp got underway and well, there's quite a few names that a lot of you will recognize. 18 OHLers are at that selection camp that will begin scrimmage and exhibition games on November 21st. So this Saturday will be their first game action. And again, this is inter squad games, so not big, big stuff going on. But again, I think there will be a stream available for Hockey Canada. Uh, The OHL is going to be keeping us updated on everything with so many players from this league being at this camp. So I will just, again, we'll do a quick rundown here of uh, the players. Yep. So we'll start in net Brett Brochu, show guest, friend of the show (laughs) uh, and Tristan Lennox from the Saginaw spirit who also had a great uh, campaign going there last week with a, his shares on Instagram. I think he yeah. donated five cents with every share and tag on his Instagram. I think so. Yeah. So I think it was to, AL, I think it was to ALS. It's a yeah. great cause. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to see these players, even during a pandemic, oh, yeah. not with their teams, you know, it's not a season right now, but they're still able to do something for someone other than themselves. And it's just unreal with Tristan Lennox at the time. And they're teenagers to go to camp, especially because it's in Red Deer. Yeah. They're teenagers as well, too. You look at Jacob Bingham, what he did for um, uh, hockey gives blood. Uh, I think is what it's called. And just, that was unbelievable for him. So uh, to see young men do this is amazing. But uh, in terms of their play on the ice, Brett Bruce, Tristan Lennox, Obviously, both very good goaltenders for what both worthy of the end as a rookie was just unbelievable. Lennox for what he did in Saginaw, and it's got a little bit of feistiness to him as well. Both of them do. Both of them do. They had a little uh, scrummish, you could say. uh, I thought I thought that was Lennox. I wasn't too too. Yeah, the Saginaw Saginaw London had a couple of rough games there last year, which was fun to see. That's old time hockey. I mean, you gotta love love to see that. (laughs) You love to see it. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, for Brett, for Brett. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for, uh, Brett, for Brett Brochu, too, I mean, I've been able to see a lot of London Knights goalies in the past. And I mean, Brett Brochu is probably the best rookie goaltender I've ever saw play in London, hands down. They've had a couple of good ones. I mean, Steve Mason was good. Yeah, Brett he was Brochu's a trade, re- though. Yeah, Brett Brochu is the best rookie goaltender yeah. I've ever saw play in London. Yeah. Yeah, and for these two, it's all about uh, Brett Brochu passed in the draft. We were really hoping that um, yeah, that's he, he would terrible. get taken somewhere, but I think, I think that's not necessarily a bad thing for him. You look at, and I, I think this, this is, is a, big. This is a cliche. Oh, you know, he can use this to fuel himself to do better and all of this stuff. And yeah, when you're a rookie goaltender, you don't really expect to have your name even in the conversation of being uh, drafted. And I'm not saying he was in the conversation of being drafted in the second, third, or fourth round, but. In terms of rounds five through seven, his name is definitely being thrown out there a couple of times. And for him, it's just staying composed and, you know, feeding off of what you took away from your first full season in the Ontario Hockey League with a veteran goaltender along with you in Miskew. And I know Miskew didn't have the greatest numbers when he came over to London, but still a veteran goalie who had played junior hockey for quite a while now and he's at western now too with a couple other uh yeah yeah so 
it's just a matter of taking away what you learned from this season and applying it. And Dale Hunter, who was the coach of last year's team, definitely for sure they had conversations about, okay, this is what Andre uh, Tournier is going to be looking for. And this is what he wants out of a goaltender. Also, and if you can do this, you're going to be on the team. Also Connor McMichael coming returning player. I mean, yeah. you saw there on the London night social media guest on guest, Connor McMichael <laughs> on a penalty shot or shootout attempt, whatever you want to call it yep. on a, teammate Brett Brochu. So, you know, they've been practicing together. The ice is in at a couple OHL arenas, so yeah. you can use it there too. Yeah, more and more rinks are starting to get their ice put in. and Rhett, Yeah, ice, Rhett the ice. Again, I'm not sure. Obviously, in the GTA, that's probably suspended in Hamilton for sure because they're in the red zone. I'm um, not sure you can be doing any sporting activities. To my knowledge, you might London. be able to, but London's, London's okay. They're in yellow. Yeah, London's okay. Yeah, so are you guys. We're in orange. Well, I mean, For whatever reason, it's Brantford. <laughs> There's a lot of other things you can catch besides COVID nineteen, but um, so <laughs> that's basically those are the two goaltenders that are representing the OHL at the uh, National Junior Team Selection Camp. On to defense, five defensemen are at camp. Jamie Drysdale, of course, he is signed now with the Anaheim Ducks. Thomas Harley of the Mississauga Steelheads. Mason Millman from Saginaw, Ryan O'Rourke of the Greyhounds, and then Donovan Sobrango, Detroit, Detroit Red Wings prospect. <laughs> there and Revert, uh, reverse retro Wings. jersey, quick yes or no? Awful. That Awful. is so bad. It's the road jerseys oh with God. silver. It's, it's the road dumb. jerseys with it's silver. Dumb. It's all good. It saved me about 120 You were going to buy one? <laughs> For sure. I need a new Wings jersey. I need my fifth. You have four? <laughs> Actually, yeah. let, me, let me turn around and count. I got <laughs> – I have four, too. But so one of them is signed up. by Thomas Holmstrom. Lucky. Uh, and it's way too damn small for me to wear anyways. That's your uh, position anyways, not front guy. Yeah, it is. Um, I've got my actual Holmstrom jersey with his name on the back. I've got my Larkin Stadium Series jersey. You have to have a Larkin jersey. I've got some your wings jersey right? that I got at National Sports for five bucks. That's a bonus, though. Anything wings is nice. I know, right? Especially <laughs> in World of Chell where you don't – I don't get any of that. Yeah. yeah, I don't get any of that. Yeah, those so, retro jerseys are crap. If they would have gone with like the, um, like the stripes on the chest with Detroit written out in letters, or like the like Winter the Winter Classic, Classic logo. No, like they should. You know what they should have did? They yeah. should have went with the Detroit across, like the Winter Classic in Ann Arbor, like the off white, yeah. and then they should have went like they should have went red and off white. Yeah, but, and the, instead of the off-white wing wheel like logo, have the off-white D like the one from Rainier yeah. Field. That would look cool, kind of like the Tigers. That looks sweet. I think that's the logo that Detroit desperately needs that they never use. Yeah. The Tigers D. That's Detroit. You got to use it. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Red Wings didn't use the old English D. Yeah, but I think you kind of have to. I think you have to now. There's, yeah. Oh yeah. On the forwards. I don't know anything better than. <laughs> Quick, uh, than what they have now. So. Quick, and Anaheim's favorite? jersey, everyone likes it. It's ugly as hell. Sorry, yeah, I hate it. It's so dumb. So the quick, uh, quick one. What's the best one? Ooh. We might have the same. Do you want me to go That's first? Tough. Yeah, you can go first. Minnesota, Minnesota, like, really so nice. Ooh. Oh, I love Minnesota's. I, know, I like Montreal's too. Montreal's is nice. I'd never get one because you're in the Wings division, but yeah. Montreal's. Got a nice jersey. Congrats to whoever made that. That's a nice Man, one. Ottawa I don't even mind that. Boston's. The yellow? That's not even – I like that one. Buffalo should have went old uh, red and black. Like, you know, they have, Ooh. like, the shoulder patch. Yeah. Like the old, they should have put that on the middle. A lot of people what wanted that, I saw. 
That's what I would have did. Nashville's are ugly too, I think. Yeah. I like the Kings with the blue and yellow. I like, like that. the old school. Yeah. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, big fan of those ones. Um, on the floor. Fo- yeah, back, back to uh, Hockey Canada. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I got it off the <laughs> No, it's all good. Sorry to the uh, listeners. 11 forwards were invited to camp, and you could already look down this list, and you're like, okay, lock, 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 lock. But we'll start at the top. Quentin Byfield, lock. Graham yeah. Clark, Ottawa 67s. Uh, Tyson Forster, I have him as a lock. Uh, mm-hmm. Connor McMichael, lock. lock. Cole Perfetti, lock. lock. Jack Quinn, who just maybe. signed his contract, by the maybe. way. So congrats to him. He's a maybe. I think he'll make it. Yeah. I wouldn't say a lock, but he's a maybe. No. Yeah. I think he has a good chance, though. I like the I like his game. I like how he plays. He plays like a hard-nosed North American player. Fits Team Canada to a T. Yeah. I think him and Jamison Reese will be fighting yeah. it out for a spot. Yeah, I think, but I think those two would be great on a fourth line. I think Jameson Reese slides into Aiden Dudas's role yeah. from last year. I think he's a lock, Jameson Reese. I just got a feeling he's a lock. You got Cole Schwint from the Mississauga Steelheads, Ryan Suzuki, Saginaw Spirit, Phil Tomasino, lock, lock, and Shane Wright, <laughs> lock. Ooh, lock. I wasn't lock. going lock. They don't All invite right. him. They don't invite him if he doesn't make the team. Why would they invite him if they're not? Why would why would Hockey Canada put him through the ringer of inviting him? All the mental things that goes into getting that invite Be, because he's then, sixteen, and then cut him though right away. I they're mean, not going to cut him right away. No, he's going to go right to the end. But I think he I think he sticks. He's a guy. He's on the fence for me. He, really? it, could go, he, he it could go either way. I think he. Well, means we'll have to see. Like, I'll okay. be looking for. To see how Shane Wright does against the U Sports teams. Oh, That's for sure. My, you gotta remember the U Sports teams. Some of those teams haven't skated. I mean, some of those teams where they do, uh, but like they I they probably have, just not game situation like these guys. I think they have skated. I can count the I can count the players on in total. Hockey Canada's invitees. I I think he makes it over at least one, two. Are you three. counting just like? THL. OHL or all invite all, all invitees. Oh, okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Are you a WHL and QMJHL expert now? <laughs> Insider. We did one featured Seven. game and we're like, oh, we know that. We know the Quebec League. <laughs> Seven for sure. Seven okay. players for sure. Could you imagine their team next year? If Bedard gets exceptional status, gets invited as a 16-year-old. You have Shane because Shane Wright makes the world eh? team next year. That would be incredible to have those two on the same team. Shout yeah. out to the dub listeners. I know there's a couple that listen in the dub. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. They have a few guys in the dub that are young that could make that team next year. Mm-hmm. You could have three guys like all on one line that are underage. Yep. Well, and I mean, be competitive. I mean, this guy's not underage, but if you think of impact players that could definitely add to depth and um, add some scoring next year when guys don't return is uh, Owen Power, University of Michigan. He's yeah. not going to be allowed to go to camp. Uh, the University of Michigan already said no to that. So yeah, because fifty percent of the season, why would they? Yeah. Why would they send him? I get that. 50%. Yeah, and with his debut weekend, I wouldn't want to get rid of him either. But or yeah. let him go either. But Hollow uh, the Edmonton he, again. He's a defenseman. Wisconsin. So. What's that? Edmonton sending or uh, Wisconsin sending the Edmonton pick though. Yeah. That's you see Caulfield get lit up, man. Nope. That, that hit was insane. He didn't. He left and didn't return. Yeah, that's tough. Hopefully he's okay. 
that looked where I think the guy got a five. I'd have to look it up, but it was oh. it. It I, I didn't think it was like dirty. Kind of stay dirty, off the tracks, but, type it. Kind of like stay off the tracks. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, he got caught in the Caulfield track. had his head down a little bit, okay. and it was. Ooh, yeah, not fun. It, it was like how I hit in NHL threes. <laughs> I just light guys up. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got so that kind of questions where he's at in terms of USA hockey's team. I'm sure he'll be fine because there's still a couple. I think so too, but um, again, I'd have to look he's up the, the type date of when guy, camp starts too. He's the type of guy that doesn't have to go to camp and still make the team. <laughs> I mean, yeah, first round pick, and he's not a lock probably for that team either way. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, for sure he is. Just looking it up now here to see when camp opens up for the Americans. Just to get a quick uh... Hunter Skinner, Arthur, Arthur Callio as well. Yep. Uh, Nick Robertson was a no on their list, but he could still play because I think we discovered his birthday was after. Yeah. Well, the evaluation camp took place October 8th to 13th in Plymouth. Yep, and that's where guys like Hunter Skinner and Arthur Callio. Yeah. Again, I don't the decision has not been made. Uh, I can't really see a clear date here for uh, when their camp will begin for the actual tournament in terms of uh, exhibition games and scrimmages and getting all set for that, but Yeah. Um Again, it's it, it'll be tough. I think I think USA's definitely they're not as you know as length. What's the right word I'm looking for here? They're not as skilled as far down yeah, as Canada is. I think that's oh, I what think, I'm looking for there. But I think Canada's a definite favorites. Yeah. The only thing that scares me about Canada is if they get some easy games early. I don't know if they can re- if they don't hit adversity early in the tournament you really don't want to hit adversity in the playoff rounds because as you know, from the few years ago in Vancouver, it's see you right away. Yeah. You have one bad period in the playoffs. You're gone. Yep. When you get that final four. Well, yeah. You think about last year's team with Alexi Lafreniere injured, uh, Barrett Hayton, not yeah. playing well, not taking his helmet off for the Russian anthem. Oh well, yeah. That, everything, you know, everything went yeah. into it. Akil Thomas playing how many minutes and then scoring the game. There's winner. another thing. Like there was, there's another thing. There was Akeel. a lot last year. They had character that team Canada yeah. last year. They had character. They had the heart. They had that it factor too to take over games. I mean, Alexis Lafreniere takes games over. I think that's yeah. his biggest trait. I mean, he's so good. He just flips a switch and he takes a game over. And I think that's a huge thing to have as your leader. I know there's a couple guys on this. Uh, I think Quentin Byfield takes that role this year. Oh, for sure. I think Quentin Byfield goes off at this tournament. Yeah. I think he's – I got to save this right now. I might type it in my notes. Quentin Byfield, MVP. Tournament leading. Go, I'm going Connor McMichael MVP. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be Michael surprised. or Drysdale, actually. Drysdale is going to have a solid tournament. Yeah. He's going to play solid minutes. He's going to play like a Bouchard Dobson in Vancouver. That's the type of role he'll play. He'll be, he'll be probably their third, third defenseman, probably. I mean, it's not, he's a returning yeah. defenseman. He'll be top three. Yeah. That's, yeah, he'll be solid. But I think, uh, I think Byfield's the player of the tournament, MVP of the tournament. I think he's a top scorer. But yeah, that's hard be, to say, though. Sweden's going to be good. Sweden's like they always good. are in the round robin. And then yeah. I mean, playoffs look, come around. Yeah. Russia won't be bad. Pod Colson's a big name guy. Yep. The Vancouver pick. Great pick by Vancouver. 
<laughs> talk about a year like they got lucky last year having a, such a good year yeah talk about a bonus because you can't get them for two years all of a sudden you got one more year now yeah yeah it's pretty good eh yeah that's a bounce that's lucky bounces for them so as we round out this segment just give you a breakdown of uh of their upcoming schedule slash scrimmage exhibition game schedule uh so like we mentioned saturday november 21st Uh, is their first scrimmage red versus white at eight o'clock. Then they'll do it again, 24 hours later, Uh, again, red, white scrimmage at 8 PM on the 22nd. Then they'll uh, have a day off of scrimmages. Then they'll be back at it on November 24th at 2 PM before uh, practices and getting rested up for the U sports team. They will start play against on Saturday, November 28th. That's a six o'clock start. They will play them again 24 hours later on the 29th. And then four more games follow against U Sports on the 5th and 6th of December, as well as the 12th and 13th. And then I'm they'll be to ready to go. And, of course, this camp is being held uh, at the Westerner Park Centrium, home of the uh, WHL's Red Deer Rebels. That's an okay, there we go. Westerner okay. Park Cent- Centrium. I think that's for the Mem Cup was in 15 Red Deer, that's right? In, uh, that's in, yeah, it was, in, it was in Red Deer a few years ago, the Mem Cup, right? Yeah, when London what won. What year? 2015? I think so. I think that's the year that London won. Marner to Chuck to Vorak to line. I'm pretty sure that was the year they hosted it. That's a nice arena. No, it was uh, Kelowna. No, you're thinking of oh. 2016. London Knights yeah, when 16. they beat the Niagara Ice Dogs. Yeah, that was 16. That was the uh, Oshawa Generals overtime game uh, against Kelowna. Okay, that was in Quebec, right? Theirs, theirs was in Quebec, Oshawa's. Yeah, and then the year after at okay. the Colisee Pepsi. Yeah, that's a whatever. Yeah, that's a. I think that's a probably big the Pepsi one, Coliseum translated into yeah, but... yeah, yeah, or Pepsi saying. Center, whatever. <laughs> no, that's Colorado. They changed that. Now. <laughs> yeah, it's ball Colorado. or something. Colorado changes their stadiums or ball. Well, their ballpark hasn't, but their stadium's been changed like five times. It's kind of like Buffalo. What, the Broncos? Yeah, it's been changed like three or four different names now. Yeah, the, the Sabres last, like, changed their arena a lot, eh? It's had three or four names. This new building after the auditorium. Yeah. It's been uh, HSBC, First Niagara. Um, what the heck? Key Bank Center now. I can't remember if there's another There's another one. But... Key Bank. First Credit? No, that's no, First uh, Niagara. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I said that. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> first Ontario. Yeah. Look at these firsts. Jeez. Yeah. Why can't anyone be a second? Not, if you're not first, you lost, Reese. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's a good lead into the break. Uh, when we come back, we will be joined by Niagara Ice forward Jonah DeSimone to chat golf, to chat hockey, to uh, chirp people, to talk Movember <laughs> and his campaign. More information on that is – he tries to get the word out about this uh, great cause and he'll give us an update too, because we will see him. It is zoom. So we'll be able to see his stash. Um, yeah. Do we, uh, how's it growing? Do we rate, do all of us say, say the that? best? Should I be like, Hey Jonah, how's it growing? Or is that, yes. or is that kind yeah, of like, hey, let's, see if you can, let's see. No, no, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. I'll, I'll touch the mustache. All the listeners, <laughs> I'll just touch the mustache when, uh, as it has growing. Let's see if he catches on to it. Yeah. He definitely does. He's a sharp guy. I think so. Yeah. He's a sharp sure. guy. 
Yeah. So uh, we'll chat with Jonah DeSimone next here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. And whenever we have a guest, it's always the best part of the show. This time segment three, though, we are joined by Niagara Ice Dogs forward Jonah D. Simone. Jonah, how's it growing, man? <laughs> I like that pun. That was a good pun. He got yeah, it. Very funny. He got it. Yeah, yeah we yeah, called no, that the most, last uh, segment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the most coming all right. We are... Uh, I, I received some chirps so you, you guys can see me on the zoom, but uh, yeah, it's um, hopefully, hopefully people will be able to notice it sometime soon, but the mustache isn't really that noticeable. All much yet. Yeah. It's almost, it's tough when there's no hockey, right? Cause you get out on the ice, you got the helmet and everything. And even like other players, you can go like, Oh, like how's their stash growing. And it's like, you have the rookies that can't grow anything and you have right. fun chirping. That. I'd say, I'd say my, I'd say my mustache is still in the rookie category, but, um, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah. Do you know any of the guys on the team that are growing? I, I actually haven't talked to many of the guys who like, who are growing, but, um, yeah, I know Jake, I saw Jake a few days ago. Jake's, uh-huh. uh, Jake's not really doesn't really have those capabilities, but no, he doesn't. <laughs> the Jake's, Jake, Jake's got the baby face, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I haven't seen too many of the mustaches, but I, I, there were a few good ones last year for sure. Yeah, well, the older guys, I think Lodney had doing last year. Yeah, Lodz was pretty greasy, though. Yeah, Lodz, it was. Lodz was, was kind of greasy. Lodz had a good one. Lodz has always had a good beard. Um, yeah. I'm trying yeah, to think who else. I, I don't know. I think Lodz was definitely the best, and then all the other guys kind of either didn't do it or just weren't very really good at it. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, while, while we're on the topic of facial hair and, um, beards, mustaches and all of that, uh, Jonah, just kind of give a rundown of, uh, to everyone of your, uh, Movember campaign and, uh, who's it for and who you're honoring by doing this. Yeah. So, um, this past summer, my, um, my grandfather, my Nanu, uh, as we call them passed away from a 15 year long battle with prostate cancer, um, so he was just a really influential person in my life. Um, he, he was always there for me and my family. Like he lived literally next door to us um, basically for my entire life. So um, I always kind of knew I wanted to honor him and in a lot of ways. And this is just kind of one of the first ways that I wanted to, uh, to do something in his honor. So yeah, I'm a, I started a Movember campaign, uh, obviously to raise money and almost more importantly to raise awareness, especially for a disease like prostate cancer. Um, where early, <laughs> did you guys hear that? The dog in the back. Yeah. It's all good. All good. <laughs> My dad just yelled, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, here, I'll just give me a second here. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, so for a disease like prostate cancer, where early detection is, is really important in, pre- in prevention. Um, I just want to ra- make sure that I'm raising awareness and doing all that I can to do that, um, to raise awareness for early checks and things like that. Um, so yeah, um, I'm, like I said, this is in honor of my grandfather and um, yeah, I'm just trying to start this campaign to, to get the, those, uh, those gears in motion to, uh, 
kind of do everything I can to honor his, uh, obviously his legacy. And your, um, your goal was two, th- was it $2,000? Your goal was yeah, 2000. You guys are already well, halfway? Yeah. So originally I, like, I didn't know what to set it at. I knew I had a cap of like the amount of money that I could donate myself, um, from my Instagram goal. Um, so I knew that that, that was capped at $500. So I thought that another $500 would be suitable. So I set it to 1000 and then within the first day, like I was quickly over a thousand. So, um, I changed the goal to 2000 and yeah, we're on track to, to pass that so far, but I'm still trying to do everything I can to raise some more money for that. And, yeah. um, and yeah, you- so hopefully I'm hoping that my, um, my donation at the end of the month will kind of just put us over the edge. And you can find the link for the donation spot on your Instagram. Yeah. It's in my Instagram bio right now. The, the story on the ice dogs page is linked to in my bio, but okay. um, you can, you, it, once, if you read the story, if you don't, you can, um, you can click the link in the story to take you to the Movember page. Um, and that's where you can donate. If, okay. if anyone listening wants to donate. Yeah, we we will uh, tweet that as well on our Twitter. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we'll have that up all on the all our uh, social media pages yes. and just just back to your grandfather. I'm reading on this article uh, him going out with yourself and uh, at the time teammate Leighton Moore going out for suits yeah. or even like the Keg Steakhouse in Niagara Falls. Like it seemed like he was pretty involved with uh, yourself and your hockey career and just um, obviously your parents a huge part of where you are today in terms of hockey, but, uh, with your grandfather, how much did he have an impact on you during hockey? Um, whether it was while you were in Niagara for the past few years or, uh, even yeah. in minor hockey as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, like he took Jake, uh, Leighton and I out to, uh, took to the keg on the falls a few times, um, in my first season. Um, and, you know, he obviously he was really influential in my hockey career, but more so on me as a person. Um, he was re- like even when he took us out to, to the keg, like he was able to take our mind off of hockey and tell us cool stories about his life and and different things like that. And it was really refreshing. Um, and yeah, like he was just super like he would always ask me how I was doing, not necessarily in hockey, but how I was doing as a person and for a player where you're always like kind of thinking about the game and, and, and criticizing yourself or how you're playing or whatever. It's, it's almost refreshing to have that voice in your head. Who's, who's thinking about you as a person. Um, And then uh, as I got older, um, we kind of grew closer and, and that was because of how, how awesome of a person he is and, um yeah like I said like I said in in a couple interviews like every time I scored a goal or every time I had an interview on tv he'd be the first person to to like link it in his Facebook and (laughs) uh just be showing like everyone at at my dad's office where he works and yeah um it, it made me super proud to make him proud um so yeah I think just having that his presence in my life it was super influential on me um and yeah um another great moment was when I was drafted um like my entire family we were downstairs um sitting on the couch kind of refreshing the screen because uh that's how you find out 
like when you get drafted. So yeah, we were, we were sitting around the TV. There's actually like a five minute video of me sitting around the TV. Cause I knew um, Niagara was uh, really interested in me. So um, yeah, I'm refreshing the screen and, and we're all sitting around the couch and I'm sort of like in the center. And uh, when my name pops up, he's the first person to come up, come up and hug me. And I kind of just uh, let out a whole lot of emotions in his arms. And that's probably one of the most special moments I have with him. And, it's definitely something I cherish. So, um, yeah, that's, that's sort of the impact he had on me as a person. And, and I also just looked up to him and how he, how much of an impact he had on other people. So, um, that's kind of what I'm trying to do with, with, uh, with this campaign is try and have that same impact on others that, uh, that he had. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping I can make him proud. And you've always had a passion for the community involvement as well so that's nice to hear too yeah yeah I definitely I definitely try to take advantage of meeting fans and things like that like I uh, I know what it feels like to be to be a kid or to look up to someone and and want to get to know them and, and want to be like them so and, and not necessarily me but just a nice dog um, for those kids to to get to know a nice dog I think it really does mean a lot to them so I always I always enjoy kind of uh, getting to see kids and getting to uh, to get to know them and and make them feel like they got to know they got to know me so that when they see me on the ice or they see any of us or my teammates on the ice they um, you know they they kind of have a like it resonates with them more and you know I, I believe in being a good person so I think I think I hope I'm doing my part to, to kind of bring that bring that up in the world for yeah. sure with Jonah Simone here on the Owen 60 podcast. And we'll continue with that because in a year like this, you haven't had interaction with any of the ice dogs fans or even any OHL fans uh, for that matter, since March and with the COVID cases continuing to rise here in this second wave, it's looking more and more like there won't be any fans at the Meridian center or any OHL rink uh, come February when the season begins. So for that, for you, is it even more of a not maybe not so much a priority, but a more of a statement for you to uh, go out of your way to try and keep in touch and make sure that you're still having an impact on as many people as you can without, you know, maybe seeing them face to face or uh, shaking their hand or what have you? Yeah, um, I mean, definitely. I mean, I definitely would have been doing this campaign regardless of, you know, COVID or not. Um, but yeah, I think um, I definitely want to take, not take advantage, but um, it's, it's, it's special to that I'm able to still involve the community at a time like this. Um, and yeah, so at a time like COVID, um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely value uh being able to still be involved in the community um, when, you know, normally we'd have an, we'd have an opportunity to do uh, if it weren't for COVID, but yeah, um, I think, I think it's important and, and I'm glad I'm, I'm continuing to take advantage of, uh, you know, uh, making a difference in the community. Oh, for sure. And I'm sure a little kid that looks up to you really appreciates that as well. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I think, uh, 
I think if if a uh, if a kid or I mean I've gotten a few messages from a couple couple different people just oh, that's great uh, giving me props for for what I'm doing so I I definitely like I, it, it does get a little emotional you know like I oh for sure I I really think like it's it's really special to see that I that I actually am making a difference so um yeah I uh, I really if that's the case with with kids or whoever it is um you know I'm really really glad that, that I'm able to have that impact. Yeah. It's nice for the fans too, to see that you're, it's not just that you're a hockey player, you're a person too, which is nice to see. Right. I appreciate that as well. It's not just the on ice ability. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely a unique situation. Like I don't think you, you hear much about a player's family or anything like that yeah. or make even make that, that stuff sort of public. But I definitely, I definitely thought that it was something important enough to me that I wanted to share. So, um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm able to do that, and and that obviously the Ice Dogs have given me the platform to do that. So, yeah, um, I definitely it's a unique situation, but I'm um, obviously I'm not happy that it happened, but I'm happy that I'm able to take advantage of the uh, or uh, that I'm able to make the most out of it. Yeah, and again, you can find this whole article on Jonah's campaign. The link to uh, his Instagram and how to donate all on the Ice Dogs website and. Uh, we'll stick with the team because again, the OHL came out, they announced their dates uh, of when training camp's going to get underway of when the season's planning on starting uh, for you having that date. And again, we were supposed to start originally in what, two, three weeks or so. Yeah. And... Well, we were supposed to be, we were supposed to be in Niagara like today or yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it kind of hits, it, it hits a little hard, but um yeah uh, obviously we're optimistic that it was going to start uh in the next couple of weeks obviously they've pushed it back but yeah like like i've i've maintained uh my training schedule and things like that so i'm trying to not why i am remaining prepared um and yeah i mean i'm i i think like everyone <laughs> we're looking forward to getting back on the ice and, and i'm sure the fans are too so uh yeah, I really, I really can't wait. I, it's, it's been nice being at home for so long, but I, I think it's, it's time to be back in Niagara. That's for sure. Yeah. How does your body feel with the extended off season, though? It is, it is like it's definitely interesting. Uh, just, just because you know we've never really like. I don't think this, this. Well, this is the longest that I, I've gone without yeah, playing an organized you, hockey. You game. used to run track too, right? So you're not used to being a full year out of anything. Well, yeah, like even even then, like because I was taking hockey so seriously uh, as a track athlete, I was training mostly for hockey, which just yep. translated into track. Mm -hmm. So I would still do tournaments and I would still do everything um, hockey wise during the summer um, back then. So I would be playing like maybe a tournament in June and the tournament in July or whatever. But I literally haven't played a game since March and I maybe the longest I hadn't got, I'd gone without a game would have been like two months before that. Yeah. Um, which is just nuts. Yeah. Under the new, I guess, color zones, if you want to call it, the whole GTHA is red. Is it, has that affected any, and again, this just came into effect on, uh, on Monday, but uh, ha, will this have an effect on you going forward in terms of you getting ice time, whether it's like to yourself or with you and a couple other guys like Jake or, um, just some of the other OHLers, like, will that impact you at all? Yeah, 
yeah, most of the rinks I skate out of are in um, Toronto. Even though I'm from Richmond Hill, like most most uh, most of my trainers are located in Toronto. So I'm not really sure what what the new restrictions are going to say about ice rinks and things like that. But I mean, if they close, we have to we have to we have to listen to it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, ice time is definitely going to get harder, but thankfully, because we're not like in in school hours, um, ice is a little bit easier to come by during the day. Um, but if it's closed, it's closed, right? Like I'm going to have to go back into my uh, into my basement, into my uh, <laughs> hey, the shooting pad. Yeah, yeah. Well, just ripping it up in the dodging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, will there? I guess what I'm trying to ask here is with the season being two, yeah, I guess two, two and a half months out. Um, how much do you still talk with Billy and Joey in the front office and um, with the amount of contact you have? Uh, what, what's that situation been like? Yeah. Um, so we, we've had a couple of zoom meetings with the team, uh, mostly just uh, informative, just uh, so we can ask questions about, uh, the season, uh, uh, when it's starting and things like that. Um, so yeah, they've, they've been good in keeping us updated on, um, sort of what's going on and, um, yeah, we're, we're all, we're all hopeful and, and we're all hopeful that the season is going to start February 4th. So that's what we're all preparing for. So, um, yeah, that's what we're all going to be doing unless we hear differently, but, um, we're definitely hoping we don't hear differently. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So a quick update here for the listeners it sounds like you get up pretty early for your workouts. Can you walk us through a day in the life of a uh, Jonah decent? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, um, I train at seven o'clock in the morning. So um, I wake up and at six o'clock and uh, kind of get ready for my day, have a bowl of cereal and, and go, go meet with my trainer and, and we'll do, we'll do our workouts at seven o'clock. And then, um, I'll kind of, that'll probably take me to eight 30 and then, um, then I'll, uh, go grab booster juice. Then I've got ice, um, a little after that, usually at 10, 15, uh, I've got, so I've got ice probably four days a week and then, um, yeah. So, and then I'll, I'll head home, do some homework, maybe put on a movie, a couple of, maybe a TV show and yeah, it's my day. It's pretty boring, but, um, I've got in the routine of it now. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely, it's definitely a long day, but, um, yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's, uh, it's, sometimes it can get tough waking up at 6am and especially when you're going to work out at seven, but I'm making the, I'm making the most out of it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and just a couple things before we let you go in terms of the team, uh, uh, one of your teammates for the last couple of years, Andrew Bruder. Uh, we'll be heading yeah. to the uh, OJHL. Just uh, your thoughts on Andrew as a player, as a person, and just what you can say about your time playing with him and the journey he came on to uh, to get to Niagara. Yeah, um, I was definitely disappointed to see that he wasn't going to be coming back. Um, like Broods, I knew I knew sort of a little bit about Broods before we kind of played together about how he came from Woodstock and made the team out of camp and. I always thought that was really cool. And Broods is always really, really nice to me, especially my first two, well, obviously my first two years. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely, it sucks to hear that, that a guy like Broods won't be in the locker room next year. Um, but yeah, I, um, 
I definitely give him props. He was one of our leaders last year when we were going through a tough time. So um, it sucks that he won't be there. Um, but yeah, Broods is like, he sent me a few messages over the summer, especially like uh, after my grandfather passed away, which I really appreciated. And um, we kind of chatted a little bit after that. And yeah, I, there's the, I can say a lot of great things about Broods. He's a, he's an awesome guy and he'll definitely be missed in locker room. So um, yeah. So final question here. Well, a couple of questions, Avia. So recap the golf game. <laughs> we, 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 can, uh, we can get less serious now. How did the golf We got to yeah. take that off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I got the flow here. Oh, hey, you going to grow that out? Do no cut winner. The flow? Until, until hockey comes back. You and the oh, when it when it gets when it gets long, it, it gets kind of bad to be honest. I I got it. I had to. I cut it a few weeks ago, but oh. yeah, it gets all puffy and. But yeah, this is like this is all hot hair right now. For those for those listening, my hair is like slicked back. It just looks greasy. But hockey hair. Yeah. yeah. So how did the golf game go this year? Yeah. Um, you know what? I got out. I got out a few times with my buddies. Like. My first, oh, yeah, so yeah. my first time out, my first time out, I was complete garbage. I forgot my clubs, actually. <laughs> I literally forgot my clubs to the golf range, to the golf course. <laughs> I was like awful. And then I got out a few times with my, with my school buddies, kind of improved my game and was using my dad's clubs. And, and I kind of got more into it. And then Jake and I got out, me, Jake and Snowy got out and I got some new clubs and then started driving the ball better, started chipping the ball better. But my putting game was just complete trash. I cannot putt for my life. Out of the three, <laughs> out of the three, who's the go-to guy? Because I mean, Jake's the maestro, right? So Who's the go-to guy on the golf course? Yeah, who's yeah. the guy? Jake's been getting into it. I mean, I don't know, like, oh, power. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't have a great swing, but he's paying the money to. <laughs> he's paying the money. He's putting the money in. So, hopefully, hopefully, Jake, you see some results. But, um, yeah, uh, Snowy's probably the best golfer. Is he the most um, serious? Because I can see Snowy golfs the, the Snowy golfs the Snowy golfs the most. Oh, that's the yeah. trick. Yeah, you got to golf whoever golfs um, the better. Yeah. And then I, I, at a time, I was better than Jake, but because Jake's spending so much money, he's better than me now. So. <laughs> um he went from the car to the golf course eh? yeah yeah he's uh (laughs) yeah he's uh you know what he's got a powerful drive but um he's just he's 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 a better putter than me now but he's he's working on a few other things part of of his game yeah so next summer we'll have to have the second sandbagger invitation yeah yeah we gotta make uh we gotta gotta yeah we got uh gavin bryant joining our team so we'll have Hopefully, oh, we yeah. Hopefully, we can get a me, sex. Me, me, Snowy, and and Jake versus you three. Then, yeah. Okay. We'll we'll just we'll just all be right. dominant. We'll be. Uh, we gotta have. We'll be. Gotta have... We'll be swinging like I'll be. I'll be like Bryson. Jake. Will, <laughs> who would Jake be like? Who would Jake play like? Probably. Uh, Is he aggressive? Jake's probably like Jake's probably. Uh, Jake's up in front Jake's of pretty game. aggressive. Oh. I don't. I don't know too many golf. Jake's probably more. I'll just give him Rory. Ooh, okay. And then Snowy's a lefty. Snowy's a lefty. Oh, so Phil. The only lefty golf. Yeah, the <laughs> only lefty golfer left I know is Phil. So Snowy's pretty. Snowy's pretty skilled too. So I'll give him Phil. Sure. Right. We'll the lefty. And, lefty uh, match and then against you three scrubs. And then you. <laughs> three scrubs. Hey, we'll have the lefty lefty matchup and a seventeen year old to carry us. <laughs> Good <laughs> luck, yeah. Gavin. Thanks for helping us. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I was watching DJ this weekend. That guy's. 
that guy's a good golfer so yeah. hopefully i i mean he's not at my level yet but uh you know he's getting there he's getting there right? <laughs> yeah, like you know with, golf. With, you know give me some mulligans and i'll shoot uh 40 oh, okay under, you know? <laughs> yeah if we if we go three mulligans we'll go three mulligans a hole that's fair no so, give, give me like give me three, like a hole, what is it geez. what is it there's 18 yeah. 18 holes give me Give me maybe a hundred a hole, and I'll get a hole in one each time. You know, <laughs> just keep swinging, just keep swinging. Oh, so you're so you're a tiger shooting ten on a par three, then? <laughs> yeah, that was bad. That was bad. Oh hey, God. that just looked that just looked normal. That looked like me on a par six earlier this year, so that's fine. No, but um, but Reese, I gotta ask you a question quickly. How's uh, how are the tigers looking for next year? I, I, uh, Ooh, I heard they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I'm, I, I heard they're looking to. I look. I heard they're looking to pass the Jays, especially with the with the Jays losing so many superstars that they're supposed to get two now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tigers got AJ Hinch as a manager now. Like trash can. Things are. St- things- he's a uh, he uh, he has a full <laughs> subscription to Trash Cans Weekly. Um, <laughs> oh, is he the old Astros? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's looking up. New manager, new face. He's not a thousand years old like Ron Gardenhire was, but um, you know, we'll see. We won't be. We're not at Jays level. The Jays are a bit better, but let's go Jays. Wait, so and how about those for the both of you now? How about those Red Wings retro jerseys? How- uh, just their normal road, just no road yeah. jerseys with silver. Normal, okay. I mean, they should have just they should have switched up the logo. If yeah, they would have put a different logo on, it would have been a bit better. Here's my pitch yeah. for you, Jonah. Let me know if it's terrible. I'll hear so, pitch. You know the Ann Arbor Winter Classic jerseys, like the off-white, white, like with the red? Uh, yeah, like a Keel Sudi, like that off-white. Yeah, I yeah. wanted like their normal red with like the off-white Detroit going across. And then right. instead of the winged wheel logo, I wanted like the Tigers D instead. I think that'd be oh, different. Oh, right. I think that'd yeah. be Cool, because like it gets away yeah. from that winged wheel and stuff. Like you can't have it on every jersey. That's true. Yeah, switch it up. Yeah, the red wings are definitely unique. Like I don't think I've ever seen them without Historic. the the wheel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's obviously part of the. Uh, it's obviously part of their their franchise kind of. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, sure. I mean, for you, we talked before about the Leafs retro jersey. Your uh, thoughts and any changes that you would make. Uh, to be like, I'm uh, the most guys I talk to big logos can be really annoying on the front front of your jersey so the, the leaf logo looks huge yeah it does um so that's my biggest criticism of it i like the silver um i just think the the logo on the front like uh could be a bit better but you know obviously i'm not one to complain if someone wants to put put that jersey on me put me on that ice i'm i'm all, <laughs> I'm all for it so i won't be complaining you won't see me complaining no yeah, and I mean, I mean, you look at some of the path the other players have. It's definitely you have a very good opportunity to play for any NHL club, and uh, um, we really appreciate you coming on today and doing this again. If anyone wants more information on Jonah's Movember campaign, head over to NiagaraIceDogs.net and uh, their goals two thousand. Yeah. And anyone can help out with that. That would be unbelievable. Uh, Jonah, thanks again for doing this. We really appreciate it. Yeah, um, just quickly, like uh, like I was saying, I just definitely want to raise awareness and there's some more information on my, my Movember page, but if you guys just want to read that and get some more information on the disease and um, yeah, I just really thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to come on here and talk about that and obviously have some more fun conversations after. So um, yeah, I appreciate it. And 
uh, yeah, thanks to anyone who's considering donating and, and raising awareness. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a good cause. Thank you. That was Jonah Simone of the Niagara Ice Dogs. Again, his November campaign, two grand is the goal. They're on pace to get there. And, you know, even if they go over, he would love any contribution possible. Again, the link for his Movember campaign uh, is on the Ice Dogs website. If you don't want to go through the Niagara Ice Dogs website, you don't have to because you can just search up uh, Joan D. Simone uh, Movember and that uh, should pop up. The goal right now, it looks like uh, their total is $1,521. So uh, they're well on their way to making or getting to that goal. And again, great cause for his grandfather and how much he had meant to Jonah for um, in his life and his hockey life and everything he did. So a great cause uh, started by Jonah. Great guy. That was a great chat. He's a beauty. He's a lead. And also he's a leader too. I mean, the way he is in the community, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a letter for the ice dogs too. Mm -hmm. He's one of those guys. It's just goes above and beyond every time he gets, I mean, a good guy. Yeah, it should be a, especially with Bruder not being back. Bruder was definitely going to get yeah, a letter. That was interesting. So, um, there is a spot open for sure, but uh, that pretty ru- much wraps up the show for this week. Again, uh, thanks to Jonah for joining us. We will be back next Tuesday for sure. I don't think I work, so must get called in again. But anyways, um, yeah, that's it for episode forty-one. For Colin Ward, I'm Reese Dumaney, and we will chat in a week. By the wings, go horn.